Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Guten Rosh Chodesh Elul. Which of course means that Rosh Hashanah is coming. It's just very stressful. Okay. We're learning Maseches Kedushin Daf Gimel. And we're starting toward the bottom of Daf Beis and Beis. Four lines from the bottom. And we've been discussing the usage of the word derech in our Mishnah. We said, I should say, we have to be very exacting with our words here. Every word is uh, is meduyak. And we were trying to figure out what the, what the story is with the word drachim. So let's continue to analyze. Bezim and Bez, four lines from the bottom. We have precedence for something that says drachim. Bezayin drachim bodkin hazav. There are seven ways that we're bodik this up. Why don't we say lisne dvarim? Why over there don't we use a different word of dvarim, which gets us away from the word that causes other dominoes to fall, which is drachim. Says the Gemara, no, there's a message to be taught there. The reason why drachim was used by Azov was because that if a person fresses a little bit too much, that could lead to a Zav discharge. And as well, and drinking too much liquid as well can lead to Ziva. And therefore, we had to ensure that the word Drachim was there to teach us that lesson. So no, we cannot swap out the word Drachim by seven things bring a Zav toward a Zav emission to Dvarim. We have another case like this. There we say that an esrog is similar to a tree. Um, and this we learned this a long time ago, no? This is in Maseches Rosh Hashanah and Sukkah. So the Gemara says over there that an esrog has similarities to a tree in three ways. Over there, why don't we say listening dvarim? Why there does it say drachim? Says the Gemara, Mishum deboinan masni seifa, because at the end of that Mishnah from Maseches Rosh Hashanah, what do we need to say? That the esrog is similar to a vegetable in one way. There the word derech was specifically chosen. Okay, but why? We should have said that in that little piece of Mishnah, we should have said, says the Gemara, no. That the general derech of an esrog is like a vegetable. Just like by vegetables, that it needs to basically be watered. Take a look at Rashi, the second Rashi de Ramaschal Mipne. He says that in regards to these things, Shemashkin Sheuvim, withdrawn water, kiyerek like vegetables. That's how the Esrogim need to grow. And back in the Gemara. And that by vegetables, isuro, that we establish miser based on the time of Lakita. The same is true. That we can use mayim shuvim. We should use mayim shuvim to grow an esrog. And here, of course, you can see darko. That afesrog darko, the gadol, teaching us trends, teaching us things, meaning there's something more than dvarim going on. Dvarim is a basic idea. Derech means that we're learning something more important. And therefore, we needed to have the word derech there also. And on Gimel Amadala, four lines down, the Gemara says, wait one second, koi, we know this animal of a koi or a kvi, different ways to pronounce it. Um, this animal is a suffix chaya, suffix behema. We're not sure if the animal is considered a chaya or if it's a behema. So the Gemara here quotes um, a lot of variations on the theme. The Gemara says, Yeshbo drachim shava There are some scenarios, drachim, derech, the key word that we're talking about, which is similar to a chaya, such as a sheep. 
In some cases, the koi is similar to a behemoth. Sometimes it has features that are similar to both. So there too, the Gemara wants to know. Again, we're not detailing in the Rishonim what each of these cases are. We're just showing the use of the word drachim, and we're asking, why is it that in the case of koi, that we are not focusing in on the fact that it says drachim, let it say dvarim? So it says the Gemara Visu, and furthermore, I have another question for you. We have a Mishnah. We have another Mishnah, um, and this Mishnah is from Maseches, getting much earlier in the Masech, uh, much earlier in the Masechta and Daftes. So there, the Gemara says that this is one of the ways that. Uh, are similar to Shikhruri Avadim. So here, here too, we see the word Drachim. There too, why didn't we say Nisne Dvarim? Why didn't we say the word Dvarim there? And these two questions actually suffice to undermine our thinking over the last 20 or 30 lines, which is that we thought to say that Drachim was to teach us something special in each case. By the Esrog, it was to teach us X. By the previous case of Adzab, it was to teach us Y. So says the Gemara that we we went through a lot of the Marimekomos that speak about the word drachim, and we couldn't consistently apply that rule because over here we Taka should have changed the word drachim and we should have said dvarim. Ella says the Gemara, why is it that our Mishnah used the word derech? So says the Gemara, Ella kol heichad ika plugta. When there are distinctions in halacha to be made, such as in our case, that there are multiple ways for a woman to be mekudeshes. She could be mekudeshes bekesef ubishtar ubebia. It's not one trick. It's multiple possibilities, multiple iterations. In cases like that, where there are multiple facets to a halacha, then tani drachim. That's why we see the word derech. And when there is no plukta, when there are no distinctions to be made within a halacha, when it is a single line halacha, so then we can expect the word dvarim. And the Gemara says, Dekanami, Dekatani Seifa, what do we have in our Mishnah? Rebbe Lazar Omar, Esrog Shavali Ilan Lachol Davar Shmamina. When Rebbe Lazar is comparing an Esrog to an Ilan, what does he say? They're all the same. What word does he use? Davar. Because whenever we have a case scenario where the halacha is very simple, it's one yesod, and it applies to every aspect of that area of halacha, so then we have to say that's where you can use the word davar. But when a halacha is multifaceted, it's layered, a person gets mikudeshes with kesesh darim bia, so then the Gemara says that's when we use the word drachim, that explains our Mishnah. So uh, at the end of the day, that is uh, uh, the reason as to why our Mishnah says what it says. And if we just glance back at the Mishnah just for a moment, we have done nothing more than analyze the first four words of the Mishnah, of Ha'isha Nikneis B'Shalos Drachim. And now we know why each of these words are in place. We said Ha'isha because this is about her and not about him. We said Nikneis because there's a Kenyan happening with Kesef. And we said Shalosh because it's feminine because of the word Derech. And we said Drachim because of the fact that it's a, a multi-layered Mishnah. Beautiful. Now we have a very, very clean understanding of our Mishnah. That brings us to the two dots, two-thirds of the way down on Gimel Amad Aleph. And there the Gemara says, In the beginning of our Mishnah, we had said that a woman can be nicknames be Gimel Drachim, and that she can be Kona Es Atzma Bebez Drachim. So whenever we have a number that's listed, we always have to ask ourselves what was being excluded. So it says the Gemara as follows. Minyana Deresha, seven lines from the bottom, the Meute Chupa. 
that you cannot get betrothed just by showing up to the chuppah. That does not work. We need a Misa Kedushin. So that is being excluded from the possibilities in our Mishnah. Namely, when our Mishnah says that there are three ways to get engaged, Kesav, Shtar, and Bia, one of the ways we don't get engaged is by chuppah. doesn't work. So says the Gemara, that's not so simple that everybody says that. According to Rav Huna, we'll learn about this din a little bit later and a couple more blot. According to Rav Huna, who says that a chuppah does work for a Kenyan of Kedushin from a Kalvachomer. We don't know the Kalvachomer today. We'll learn it in a couple of days. So what then does he say that the Shalosh in our Mishnah is excluding? So says the Gemara on behalf of Ravuna, what's Chalipin? So Chalipin is where I take uh, something like this. I say, listen, I'm going to make a Kenyan on your behalf. You're going to take this from me. I own this. You pick it up. Show me that you're going to make a Kenyan. And we do this replacement Kenyan, where you're holding something external to the actual Kenyan. And when you pick it up, we're all on the same page and a Kenyan can take place that way. No problem. So says the Gemara, that on behalf of Ravuna, what we're saying is that you cannot get married in, in Kedushan this way. You cannot use Chalipin. You cannot use a non-essential item to do the Kenyan. So let's say a handkerchief, whatever, that doesn't work. I might have thought that that since we have of kicha kicha miste efron and therefore masade bechalipin, I can buy a field with chalipin. If you and I are making a transaction, we can use a handkerchief to do the to do the actual kenyan. So I might have thought af isha nami bechalipin that a woman could also be nicknames bekedushin bechalipin. Kamash malan that that does not work. Says the Gemara, why doesn't it work? Why can't we use Rav Huna? Why can't we use a handkerchief? Why can't we use the, the cap that I just picked up? Use anything. Why doesn't the Kenyan Chalipin work? Perhaps we should say that a Kenyan Chalipin works beautifully. You can buy a $5 million field, but you can't get married to a woman because of uh, it's a Kenyan Chalipin, according to Rav Huna. So it says the Gemara because, and this is a very important lambdas. The Gemara calls us out on something. It says, Chalipin when we do chalipin, the halacha is that the item that's being used for chalipin does not have to be a shava pruta. It could be even less than a shava pruta. And therefore, um, by chalipin it works, but in other fields, but not by a woman. Why not by a woman? Because ve'isha, ve'pachos, mishava pruta, turning to the top of Gimel Amidbeis, lo makanya nafsha. That's a bush of a cherpa. A woman would not get in, get proposed to with something that is less than a Shava Pruta. And therefore, says Rav Huna, the reason why we exclude a case of Chalipin is because Chalipin doesn't have a minimum cost of the item that's being used for Chalipin. So if I take a, hand, a handkerchief out of my pocket and it is worth one penny, one penny, and I say, uh, on the condition that I raise this up in your honor, zero, because it's not a Shavapruta. Even if it would be a Shavapruta, we wouldn't allow it because Chalipin tolerates a lower threshold of even Pachos Mishavapruta. That's why Rafuna says it doesn't work. So we've answered question number one. Either the reason why it says three in our Mishnah is to preclude the possibility of Chuppah, or according to Rafuna, who says the Chuppah is a good form of Kedushin, he is precluding a case of Chalipin. And on the top of Gimel Amid Beis, and we'll be going to the top of Dalat Amid Aleph about five lines down, on the top of Gimel Amid Beis, the Gemara says, Minyana de Seifa, when it says that a woman is Kona Es Atma Minyana de Seifa Lema Ute Mai, 
What is it that that number is coming to preclude? What is it that doesn't give a woman freedom? So says the Gemara, If you are a regular woman and you do the process of chalitza that a Yavama would typically do, you're still married. Uh, you saw a movie about, Khalip, about Khalitza, you sat in Dafyomi, you know how Khalitza works, and you hate your husband, and you go do the spitting and the shoe, the whole thing that we learned. It doesn't matter. Khalitza doesn't work for a regular woman. Khalitza only works for a Yavama who's trying to get out of Yibum. So therefore, Lema'ute Khalitza comes to teach us as follows, that if you are a regular woman, there are two ways to gain your freedom back. Divorce and death. And since this is neither of those, you are instead trying to do chalitza. That's a method of extraction from a marriage that doesn't apply to a regular woman. That is what meant is meant to be excluded. I might have thought, says the Gemara, I might have thought that there's a kalvachomer that we should allow for chalitza by a regular woman. What's the havamina that we should have thought that perhaps chalitza works by a regular woman? Says the Gemara, three lines down on Gemal Amabes. A woman who is awaiting marriage to her Yava, and she wants to get divorced by a regular get, and it doesn't work, but by her Chalitza does work. So then Zu, a regular woman, who does get divorced by a get, all the more so Chalitza should work. And says the Gemara, Kamash Malan, that that's not true, that a regular woman cannot get divorced with Chalitza. Says the Gemara, perhaps we should say, in fact, that a woman does get divorced with Chalitza. Says the Gemara, no. Amar Kra, that in regards to a regular woman, what is her parameter for divorce? Says the Gemara, how can she be Kona es Atma? The Pasuk says, Sefer Krisus. Sefer Korsa, Bein Dabar Acher Korsa. Fascinating, because what that means is that by a regular woman, we have a din of Krisus to divorce them, but by Chalitza, we don't have a din of Krisus. It's a different. It's a different modality in halacha. By a regular woman, we need safer korsa. We need a get. There's no other, and death. Those are the only two that get her out of marriage. Ah, you want to use chalitza? Chalitza is not midin krisus. Chalitza is not midin severance of the marriage in the classical way that we would assume. And therefore, when our Mishnah says, v'kona es atzma drachim, the word b'shte means only these two ways. What are we excluding? We're excluding chalitza, that a regular woman who's not a yivama, she should not assume that divorce can take place with Chalitza. Kaftor Raferach, very clean. The Gemara says, Bekasef. We know that a woman can get married with Kasef. So says the Gemara Mindale. How do we know that Kasef works? Please excuse my yawning. I don't, I don't know why I'm more tired than usual. Says the Gemara, how do we know that Kasef works? Besu and furthermore, Haditnan, we have a Mishnah. Ha'av, Zakai Bibito Bekidusheha. Uh, the father merits and benefits from the money that comes in Bikidushin. Let's say that the boy marries the girl with $1 million that money which comes in Bikidushin goes to the father. How do we know that the money goes to the father? So the Gemara is asking two questions. Number one is how do we know that Kesef is sufficient for a Kenyan Kiddushin? And number two, how do we know that the money goes to the father? So the Gemara says about 10 lines down, because the Ka'amar crop, we have a Pasuk that says, by an Ama Ivriya, the Yatsachinam ain Kasef, that when she goes free, there's no money. Ain Kasef la Adonze. When she goes free, the money doesn't go to the Baal of the Ama Ivriya, to the master. However, Aval Yesh Kasef la Adon Acher. 
But there is a case scenario where a master does in fact get money. Uman nihu. What case is that where the father does get money? That must be the case of an av in regards to his daughter. So that's what the Gemara says from Ama Ivriya. That's what the Gemara says is that the we learn from Ava Ivriya where no money changes hands, that there must be a case where money does change hands and goes to the master. What case of this is a master? It's not actually a master, but it's a father. And that is that when a girl gets married and there's Kiddushin and there's money that comes in from the Kiddushin, it goes to the father. Perhaps we should say that really the money should go to the girl. She's the one getting married. Why is the father getting the Kiddushin? So says the Gemara, how can this be? Or according to some girsos, it's not hachi hashda, it's hashda avia mekabel kidusheha. We know that the father receives kidushin. I gave my daughter to this man. If he's the one who gave over his daughter, she should be the one that gets money. That makes no sense. Of course, he should get the money. The Gemara questions, perhaps we should say that Hani Mili, that when is it do we say that the money goes to the father during Kiddushin? That's only true Katana by a young girl, the less like Yad Lekabel Kiddushin, because she's a child. She doesn't have a Yad to be Makabel Kiddushin. Aval Naira, but when you're a little bit older, so then perhaps the Isla Yad Lekabel Kiddushin, perhaps Tiktish Ihi Nafshabatishkol Kaspa, perhaps then a woman, a girl, I should say, a Nara, could marry, get married herself and then keep the Kiddushin. Says the Gemara, that's for sure not true, because we have another Pasuk that accompanies the previous Pasuk. We started with the Pasuk of Yatsa Yichinam and Kasef, and now, out of concern that perhaps we might have thought, that a Nara is allowed to get married herself and keep the money for Kedushin, says the Gemara, Amar Kra, two-thirds of the way down, bin Ureha Beisavia, that the Nu'ura, uh, the Nu'ureha, the young girl in the Beisavia, kol shvach Nu'urim Lavia, all of the benefits, even of a Naira, even of a woman who's a little, a girl who's a little bit older, that is Le'aviha. So the Gemara's Havamina right now is that we know Kesef works and that it goes to the father because of these this seeming combination of Psukim, Number one, v'yasachinam in kasef, and as well, v'nu'ureha beisaviha. So says the Gemara as follows, 10 line, 12 lines from the bottom. I don't understand. V'elahadu amar ravhuna amar rav. We learned the din of rav. What did rav teach us? Minayin shemaise habas le'av. How do we know that the proceeds of the daughter go to the father? From a different Pasuk altogether. Just like a maidservant. All of her proceeds go to her master. Says the Gemara, obviously over here, that the same would be true from a daughter, that her Maiseyadeh, including her Kedushin, go to the father. So says the Gemara, why did Rav need to teach this din? We already learned this idea, Rav. Why would Rav teach a maid, teach a statement that the father gets the daughter's Kedushan money when we just learned it from a Pasuk five lines ago? We just concluded that from the Pasuk of Bina we proved that even a Nara, even a girl who's slightly older, who does have a Yad, she's able to receive money. We still say that her money goes to her father. So if it's true that Bin Ureya teaches us that the father gets the money for Kedushin, why did Rav teach this line to teach us of Af Bas Nami We should have learned it from Bin Ureya Ella says the Gemara, it must be that we're talking about Faras Nadarm Hudachsib. What was Rav concerned about? That Bin Ureya was a Pasuk talking about uh, Nadarim. It wasn't the Pasuk talking about marriage. So Rav had to teach us an explicit din to make sure we knew that we extended from the world of Nadarim, 
even into the world of Kiddushin. And says the Gemara, Hachanami, in our case too, we should have said that about Faris the Dharma, that when our Gemara quoted the Pasuk of Bin Ureha Beisavia to teach us that a father gets the Kedushan of his daughter, when that's true, we should not we should not have accepted it at face value. We should have accepted the context of the Pasuk and said, hey, this is talking about how Faris Nadarim. Why in the world would we assume that the father gets the money based on the Pasuk of Bin Ureha Beisavia? When the Pasuk Binu Rebbe Savia isn't even talking about marriage. So we're back to a, a really tough point in the Gemara, which is what is our source that a father gets to keep the Kiddushin of his daughter? Because the Pasuk that you just quoted, Binu Rebbe Savia, is not talking about Kiddushin. It's talking about a forest Nadarim, which was why Rav had to make that comment in the first place. So the same question should be applied by us. How do we know that Binu Rebbe Savia teaches us anything? And if you want to say, that we can learn that just like a father benefits from, or really has control so too by Kiddushin he gets the money. That can't be. Because, and this is a Shas concept, we cannot learn out a din of the father taking money of the Kiddushin of his daughter in a case scenario where the source is Isura. Mamon is one world, and Isur is another world. Mamun is the world of Kiddushin that we're discussing. Does the father get the Kiddushin? And the world of Isser is the world of Afaras Nadarim. And therefore, it's oil and water. You can't learn one thing from another because Mamona Me'isura lo yalfinon. And the Chitema Nelef Miknasa. Maybe we should say when the Psukim speak about a, a, a woman who was Mefuta or Me'onases, or, or when a woman was violated or seduced. So there the money is given to the father too. Perhaps we should be able to learn, says the Gemara, from the world of Knas, that just like the father collects the Knas when the daughter is violated, perhaps we should also say by Kiddushin, that when a father collects money for Kiddushin on behalf of his daughter, the father keeps it, says the Gemara, can't do that either. Because Mamona Miknasa, Lo Yafina, the world of Mamon cannot be learned from the world of knas, oil and water again, and therefore no dice. Let's try the third time. Three lines from the bottom on Gimelamid Beis. V'chi teima neilaf mi boshes u'pigam. Perhaps we should say that in regards to boshes and pigam, two types of payments that are made to a woman if she's embarrassed or injured, so there the money goes to the father. Perhaps we should say that this is the mari makom as to why the money in Kiddushin should go to the father, says the Gemara. No. Shani subgam, that applies to the father also. When the daughter's embarrassed, the father's embarrassed too. So therefore, no raya one way or the other. Ella, says the Gemara, how do we know that a father gets Kiddushin money? How do we know that it goes to him and not to her? Back to where we started, Elamistabra, Rashi. Rashi says four lines from the bottom. We learn out the din that a father gets Kiddushin on behalf of his daughter when they get married from the initial Pasuk that we started with. The initial Pasuk that we started with toward the top of this page was the Pasuk of Yatzachinam in Kasef. We had said by a maidservant that no money changes hands. And the Gemara made a diuk that it's true by maidservants that no money changes hands, but money does change hands by Kiddushin and the father gets to keep it. That's where we learn it from. And says, when we are talking about a case of Yitzia, we're talking about, in the first case, in Ama Ivriya. That's one case, number one. Uh, and then the second case we're talking about is in regards to Kiddushin. So the cases have to be similar where the money goes to the master. In this case, the money goes to the father. 
says the Gemara, those two cases that you're comparing of Erisin and Amahaivriya are not the same. The Halodamya Hayitsia Lahayitsia. Hasam in regards to the case of an Amahivriya when she's freed, there Nafkala Merishus Adon Lagamre. When that relationship is over, it's completely over. But when it comes to a woman who got engaged, in regards to engagement, she's not totally separated from her father yet. When a woman is, is engaged, only halachically engaged, she's not totally separated from her father because she's only engaged and not fully married. So says the Gemara, the case of Ama Ivriya and the case of Kiddushin are not exactly the same. When a woman is an Ama Ivriya and she's separated from her master halachically, there's no tethering anymore between the two. However, when it comes to Kiddushin, when a woman is only halachically engaged, the din is that she still has to go through chuppah, so she still is tethered to her father in a way, and that Kiddushin is not a full separation. Says the Gemara, don't worry. And with this, we'll close four lines down on Dalad Amad Aleph. You're right. But when a woman is engaged, there is one space where she is separated from her father properly. Says the Gemara, When it comes to Afaras Nadarim, a woman who's engaged is, in fact, separated from her father. It's not. The Mishnah writes, That when a woman is even only engaged, there still is enough of a connection where a father is still involved. So that's why the Gemara doesn't really like this answer that we learn out everything from Yatsachinam and Kasif. And as you can see in the next words, we're going to continue this tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Oh, so you come back from the